Hey, we would love it if you checked out our Patreon campaign. There's some pretty cool stuff going on there as of recent. Uh, so now is a great time to jump in. That is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv if you want to help us out and get some cool stuff in return. Thank you so much. Oh, what a life. Hello. Oh. oh, hey, I didn't see you down there, little guy. I'm Goonberry. I changed my name to rhyme with yours. I adore you. Oh, that's that's really sweet. Um, it's very nice to meet you. And I had to get going. I, I got an appointment. I'll see you around. Oh, what a life. A podcast life in 2015. What a very special time for me. Walking along, I got a smile. Oh, I, I, I learned to do everything you do. Can, can I come with you? Oh, um. Hey, here, listen. Grinding in JRPGs is indefensible. Ugh, that that that's weird. I I should be flattered, but I'm not. Oh, I even got a cat. I, I made him myself out of some things I found in a pipe. His, his name is Goombrars. Uh, Abomination. Yeah, he's horrible. Let's go home to our girlfriend. Uh, No, I'm going to get away from you and run instead. This podcast life got creepy chestnuts imitating me. What a terrifying time to be. God damn this podcast life. Oh, well, uh, let me just get out my phone here. Uh, hey, Chuck Berry, it's, it's me, your cousin Goonberry. Yeah, you know that sound you've been looking for? Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't find it. I found more, more of a disco thing. Uh, oh, wait, you, you know the Four Seasons? Oh, shit, they're already a band. And you predate them? Uh, well, all I can say is, oops, Chuck Berry... My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is our retro game podcast. Yes, and this week we are talking about Paper Mario, which is a JRPG developed by Intelligent Systems and published by the uh, by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64 in 2001 here in America. Yeah, I love uh, I love the name Intelligent Systems. <laughs> I love those bland. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, well, uh, they make dev hardware for Nintendo too. They're they're not just a studio. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I just think their name is really funny. <laughs> yeah. Like developed by Procedure Softworks, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so this this was originally supposed to be uh, Super Mario RPG two, which mm-hmm. and, and astute listeners will remember that's the um, 
boy, the second game or third game? That's the fourth. Covered? That's fourth episode number four. Back when yeah. we saw fit to do a whole JRPG for one episode and then two weeks later do all of Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> that was a weird fall. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That was before we realized that games had lengths. <laughs> we thought they existed only in two dimensions. Yeah. And weirdly, it was only uh, longest uh, the longest journey that made us uh, break break stuff up into two after that. Yeah, that, that is weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. that, that was so excruciating. But then also, and we did Final Fantasy VI, which has mm-hmm. that natural breaking point. Yeah. Eased us on in. Whereas, <laughs> and, and then after that, we had to f- form our own natural breaking points, which yeah. with you know varying degrees of uh, success and naturalness. Yeah. yeah. So this is the first part of a two-part episode. Next week, there's going we're going to cover uh, kind of the last half. We're going up through the end of Chapter 3. Uh, today mm-hmm. because we want to talk about uh, the ge- the generalities because gary this game is delightful um, yeah it's, it's really good in part because it was developed for kind of newer gamers in mind and this kind of had two uh maybe even more big effects on it mm-hmm. yeah it is uh so it's really charming like <laughs> it is it is cute and aesthetically pleasing uh it has this kind of paper aesthetic with um kind of pop-up book environments and mario is flat and the dialogue um, is really cute and takes advantage of the fact that this is the Mario universe in a way that is uh, like just kind of funny and adorable without actually adding any depth or <laughs> breath to it in a way yeah. that is good. Like we didn't need Mario lore. <laughs> we don't need to actually find out why Mario and Bowser are constantly playing tennis. Like we just need, you know, this this kind of thing. Just yeah. filling out these like children show type characters, like just, you know, idiot thugs who actually aren't at mean spirited, you know, and, and, uh, and just, you know, for forsaken townsfolk and, and the like. Gary, would you say that they're paper thin? I, I, I would say they're paper thin, but it works to the, the game's benefit mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yep. Uh, as does the, uh, the aesthetic, right? Like it yeah. is, it is 15 years later and this game is still just fantastic looking, you know, even on, you know, an emulator on a kind of screen it was never meant to be played on. Yeah, as compared to Super Mario RPG, which you kind of have to have nostalgia for and also play it on a CRT to even make it look acceptable. (laughs) I think to look at uh, Super Mario RPG, you have to look at it through a pinhole in a box (laughs) like it it is. It is. It is really, really. Does Vizio make a camera obscura? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the uh, and it's also uh, uh, not only is it. It's also like timeless. It's prettier than other Nintendo 64 games. It's not mm-hmm. just prettier than its predecessor. It's like it looks it's just like that look that will just stand up forever, like similar to cell shading or uh, like, you know, Jet Set Radio or, or the like. Yeah, like this will just always look look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that kind of rises out of this being a, uh, a stupid game for babies is that it is a small numbers RPG. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. It, everything is really manageable. What's interesting is that even though it's made for kids, um, it's not too easy nope you know like the game is 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 actually fairly challenging it just looks like it's it's not going to be and it (laughs) and it shows a um like it gives me heart that you can make something that's uh one uh aimed at kids and isn't terrible right right? especially an rpg because the last time i saw that was mystic quest (laughs) and that's that's a really bad game um but two uh take a game that's made at kids that actually like respects them and their tenacity because like as a kid, I was more tenacious than I am now. Yep. <laughs> like I was stupider, but I had the kind of patience to try things until they worked. Um, and I would have been, like, this came out when I was an adult, but if this came out when I was a kid, I would have, you know, thrived in this environment. <laughs> yeah. Um, this got to me after a bunch of Final Fantasy games did. 
Like mm. I was playing this concurrent with like Final Fantasy Nine. So the 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 idea of kind of this inflation in the numbers and in the systems and in the complexity of everything to make you feel better about yourself and to add artificial weight to it had already mm. kind of like won me over aesthetically. And it's only nowadays that I recognize how awesome that simplicity is, that you can just like drop three zeros off of this and instead move that complexity over to the mechanics um, yeah. and make each battle and each area its own little puzzle um, that it really, you know, this is something that carries through the entire series. But, uh, you know, in the canon of JRPGs that we've done for the show, this is th- this is a shining star, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's not this. I mean, it's, I can't say this is a better game than Final Fantasy VI, but it, it's it goes down easier. Mm-hmm. You know, it it is, and not just because it's shorter and prettier. It's also just uh, more thoughtfully designed in your moment to moment. Yeah, um, kind of gameplay. Um, part of the a big part of that comes from the battles, which are of course turn based, mm-hmm. but um, you have active commands similar to Mario RPG. Um, whereas in Mario RPG, though, it was always a timing mm-hmm. system. And one of the things about Mario RPG is that I felt like it had really terrible feedback. Like it was very hard to kind of know when you were going to, when the right time to strike was. Um, And partly that was because of the graphics. Uh, Here though, um, one, they vary that up. So instead of just being a timing thing, which they are sometimes, they can be other kinds of commands. Um, And sometimes they'll mirror what you're actually doing. (laughs) So um, in order to, uh, you know, slap really, really fast, you have to tap the stick or you have to hold down the stick for a certain amount of time to, to wind up a hammer. Um, so that's really fun. Like, I like the idea of, you know, what I'm doing, kind of mirroring what, what's happening on the screen. Um, but two, the feedback is just really good. Like, it's really not too easy to get critical hits in here. But when I mess it up, I know it's my fault. Yeah. You know, I never feel like, oh, like, I just couldn't see that enemy from the right angle to, like, know when to strike or when to defend. Um, it's always because I fucked it up. Yeah. Um, I think it is easier here. You're you're spot on with the graphics. The animation is so much better too. like every every attack and every uh, just kind of thing an enemy will do is designed to help you learn those patterns and, you know, get you to see and they kind of change that up. There are some enemies that uh, they they can do one of two attacks and you really have to be paying attention, not like frame by frame, but kind of close to that. But Mm -hmm. it is so broad and kind of thoughtfully put together that, you know, you're not just trying to make your number bigger than their numbers you are actually like learning them yeah so in that way and just the fact that it has this you're always participatory so you can never you know completely check out (laughs) during battles which i really appreciate because that's you know that's why i'm here playing a game (laughs) yeah well yeah exactly large amounts of passive time are my are my bane (laughs) you know in in video games and and this does not have that yeah which is odd for jrpg because it's like a genre defined by that yeah you know, it feels like mm-hmm. um, a- another way that they reduce some of the complexity. You only have Mario and you have a, a companion, um, but you share kind of one HP bar. Um, you don't have to worry about you don't have to micromanage your companion. They go after you do. And if they take damage, they're just kind of like knocked out of commission for a turn. So this isn't about like micromanaging resources. Yeah. And it's very the attacks that can cause them to take damage are very rare. Mm hmm. Um, and then they also, they will usually have a standard attack and ut- uh, utility attack because, like, weirdly enough, um, even though it's a very simplified RPG, like, status elements end up becoming a thing. They all more or less do the same thing, mm-hmm. um, but that ends up becoming a thing for your companions is being able to paralyze or strike everyone at the same time, which is not a status element, obviously. Um, but it is, uh, you know, you do these kind of utility moves with them. Mm-hmm. And then you you have Mario, who's more of the kind of bread and butter. 
Yeah. Um, different ones of you, different characters you have uh, have different attacks, and they can be upgraded as well. So um, even though you can't equip them with anything, as you move through the game, you can power them up, and you get to choose who you power up and and mm-hmm. kind of uh, to what level eventually that you power them up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really cool because it gains them utility and just raw raw power. Yeah, and you want to be very careful, you know, depending on the area that you're in, because like if something is in the air, or whether something has a shell, uh, whether something is fire, like all of these kind of impact how useful they're going to be um, yeah. in di- in different kind of places. And what's cool about that is those individual rules kind of mimic the mechanics of mainline Mario games in a way that you know makes it better for you if you come in knowing how a koopa behaves right because sometimes you have to jump on them to knock them on their back to do more damage yeah absolutely like that is that is the one of the biggest differences and we'll we'll talk about this in like a week when we do our wrap-up but like (laughs) the reasons why i think that this game makes super mario rpg obsolete like is that this game uses the license Mm -hmm. you know like it it is that kind of stuff is useful here where it didn't feel as useful there And that game added a lot more bullshit, (laughs) like a lot. Oh, there's a sword spirit and there's, you know, uh, uh, Genio and stuff like that. And just these (laughs) things that just I don't feel like fit. Whereas this it we we, it's similar to um, when we did uh, Chocobo Dungeon, where you just know a series really well. And then you can use that series as kind of a libretto Mm -hmm. to explore a different genre. And uh, the Mario series and Nintendo in particular are masters of that. (laughs) Like that even that even shows up in like Mario Kart and Mario Tennis. Like I know Mm -hmm. Bowser's going to be slow but powerful no matter where he's at, you know, Um, whether he's on the court or whether he's (laughs) whether he's in the streets or in the sheets. Like (laughs) Bowser is slow but powerful (laughs) and selfish. Yeah. And while while Luigi is lithe and, (laughs) you know, slick, you know, I just I just know these things about them no matter what. Yeah. Um, slick just, in the kitchen, <laughs> um, a dick in the, in the, in the kitchen. So <laughs> I suppose. Yep. Um, I'm just picturing dating profiles for all the Mario characters. <laughs> like, Mario I, strong, silent type. I'm sure that will end up being a game jam at some point. Yeah, like yeah. I, I keep seeing all these tweets about game jams and like mm-hmm. the, if you want to do a game jam game, just take a boring thing from real life and gamify it. And that's <laughs> what like 90% of game jam entries are. Yeah. So dating profile for for these fictional characters will pop up, I'm sure. <laughs> um, another kind of nice thing about this that's a, div- uh, a digression or diversion from the uh, JRPG norm, battles are not random. Uh, you can actually avoid them or use your abilities to get these preemptive strikes by either jumping on them, uh, smacking them with a hammer, or doing your spin dash to uh, to dizify them, which I didn't realize you could do until embarrassingly that. late. Yeah, I didn't realize you could do that until you just said it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's like I'm, I'm spin dashing because it's like you know you're you're rolling faster. as Link. Yeah, and uh, if you spin dash into an enemy, they'll uh, the the first one in the row will be out of commission for a turn. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you start the battle kind of before you start the battle. So, like, again, it's just keeping you engaged at all times. <laughs> like, you're not just like, you know, there are parts of, like, Final Fantasy games I love where it's like, I just have to walk across this dungeon. Yep. I know where to go. It's just on the other side. I'm just going to have to go through a bunch of random battles I don't want to do and a bunch of slow as hell walking to get there that I don't want to do. And Paper Mario doesn't do that. Like, you have to watch out for enemies that are on the, the field and not only just watch out for them, um, like it's better than Chrono Trigger is because mm-hmm. Chrono Trigger, you have to do that as well, but there's nothing you can do. Yeah, it's still you just random. You by a point and they ambush you. Yeah. You know, it just, that gives you the illusion of, of what this actually does. Yeah. Uh, like Earthbound is the same way. Yeah. But I, I feel like this is does that a little bit better than Earthbound even 
and I'm not saying it's better, a better game than Earthbound, but because the enemy density is lower mm-hmm. than Earthbound, like this is a way less grindy game. Like yeah. in any given screen, there's like two to three enemies, mm-hmm. you know, usually. So like it's just the, the, <clears throat> the density and also that means you can avoid them. Like if you don't feel like fighting, it's not a it's not a big deal to just avoid them and get to the other end of the screen. Yeah, and there's no real like ramification for that. You're not cheating yourself out of success because like grinding isn't a thing here. Yeah. You know, you're getting experience points and you know, those are tied to kind of like in Mario RPG, you have health, you know, flower points and then uh kind of these badge points which, you know, it's it's good to have, you know, a lot of badge points, but um, mm-hmm. you know, you're not like actually reducing your ability to take damage or, you know, deal damage at least directly by skipping out fights. And you'll get the lion's share of your experience points from bosses, mm-hmm. similar to like a Souls game. So like even if you know and the the experience doesn't scale up either. So like it always takes a hundred experience points to gain a level. Mm-hmm. And the low level enemies in any area, even the late game, will give you two experience points. <laughs> you know, so you really aren't uh you aren't missing anything just by avoiding battles if you feel like it. Yeah. Um but the battles are are painless and fun so like i typically don't mm-hmm. yeah i mean i will like just case if i'm going back through an area i will tend oh, to skip sure. them but like if i see a new type of enemy i find myself running toward them because i want to fight this new kind of enemy yeah and see and see what they do and see what they're like and because a lot of times that'll actually tie into the boss yeah. um the boss will utilize them in in some instances yeah so pretty neat <laughs> um you have two kind of two main attacks uh, mario's uh, jump and his hammer and then uh, you can use both those in the field and in battle. And then each of your companions has a utility thing mm-hmm. that you can use to solve puzzles um, in the overworld. Um, this isn't implemented as smoothly as it maybe I would like. Like it does end up being like, oh, I have to get out this key to go through this thing. Yeah. Um, and it can kind of, kind of be a pain. But it's a neat idea. And there are some clever implementations mm-hmm. um, as yeah. you move on. The uh, kind of the overworld puzzle kind of stuff and dungeons and things. Um, it's, it's kind of funny because I've had a great experience playing this on the Wii U, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's how I got it, man. I love my Wii U. It's so great. It is. It's super good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, but also the C buttons are mapped to the right stick on my pro controller and I can never get it to do what I want it to do. So I kind of wish that there was another set of buttons that I yeah. could, that I could press that, but yeah. Um, I eventually got it to work, but I had the, the same kind of thing. Yeah. Like it, it does throw me off from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this game would end up being kind of the, 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 the branching point for two lines in the Mario RPG series. Um, it's super weird that they split apart and they're going to be coming back together here pretty soon. But like Paper Mario went on to, uh, create like the thousand year door and then like Super Paper Mario and Paper Mario Sticker Star. Whereas on the handhelds, you know, about a year after this one came out, you have kind of the Mario and Luigi series that has just way more entries than I can name off the top of my head. Yeah, that is uh, like when if at any point during your life when you're a kid or like what if Mario and Luigi shrunk down and and fought monsters inside Bowser like it <laughs> happens in <laughs> yeah. in that series. I haven't played uh, any of these. No, like I, I played. No, I played uh, Super Mario RPG and Paper Mario, obviously, mm-hmm. and then uh, some Paper Mario sticker star at like a demo mm-hmm. thing. But I haven't played any of the Mario and Luigi games and yeah. have not played Thousand Year Door or Super Paper Mario. Yeah, a lot of people were kind of urging us to do uh, Thousand Year Door 
uh, instead of this, but um, I wanted to do the uh, to, you know to go for the original because that's what we put out there. Um, but uh, I've played the uh, the the Mario and Luigi uh, Superstar or whatever, what like the first Game Boy Advance Superstar one. Saga. Yeah, and then um, a little bit of uh, Partners in Time, but I didn't really like that that much. Mm. Um, I also am a, a person who holds the rare opinion that I like uh, Super Paper Mario, mm. which what is the do, one. What do people not like about it? Well, there are some things about it that are pretty off-putting and weird, and that to me is like catnip. Um, is it because Mario and Luigi kiss constantly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and that's your coal nip. <laughs> no, no. Where are they going with this? Hey, I like visual novels. This can't be that weird. <laughs> no, it's less about that and more about the the, the fact that it is um, kind of a stat based side scroller, um, and mm. also like there the, there are situations where they call out JRPG trope kind of things, and at one point you have to run on a treadmill for five minutes in order to pass a thing where you that, figure out how to how to how to you know get around it. Like it's it's straight up a joke, and they do a bunch of like really in your face kind of stuff. And there's one chapter with like a Super Nintendo fan nerd kind of guy who's really um, uh, unfavorably portrayed as mm-hmm. like an otaku kind of guy. And I think a lot of people probably took that personally. <laughs> but uh, like the, the, there are other things like the people say the design isn't as strong in it, and I can kind of see that uh, because the, uh, the 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 townspeople are like these pixel guys, and you know there's mm-hmm. really only so much you can do with like basic shape kind of things, as opposed yeah. to the way they lovingly render uh, you know things from the Mario universe in this game, and I assume in Thousand Year Door as well. But I liked what it did with the 2D slash 3D stuff um in that you know in, in that sense and uh yeah maybe i don't you know i played it before i knew any better but i, I had a good time with it it sounds i mean it sounds good to me mm-hmm. you know like it is uh it sounds like it it sounds fun to me i like uh those kind of subversive you know like running on a treadmill for five minutes as a as a metaphor for any kind of jrpg thing works pretty well for me yeah. I may be massively understating how long like five minutes may be like not not what it is but it can't be much more than that yeah that's yeah. cool yeah, I, I'm. I'm interested. I'm curious. I mean, who knows if I'll get a chance to play them? But mm-hmm. I'm curious because I like this game a lot. Spoiler: yeah. it's it's also one of the rare Nintendo games that like immediately went to twenty dollars, so it's really easy to get a hold of now. Um, so yeah, so cool. Uh, tell us a little bit about the plot of this game. Yeah, well, I don't want to do like the whole rundown because like the intro to this sets it up nicely. There isn't much to say, honestly. Yeah. So we might as well get into the first like playable bit where, uh, you know, Luigi comes and wakes you up and he's got a letter. You've been invited to a party at Princess Peach's castle. Because she's baked you a cake. Yep. Which, which uh, weirdly enough, plays in later. <laughs> Yep. I, I wouldn't expect that. Um, so, so you head to the castle and you're kind of introduced to this cute paper aesthetic. There's no, never an explanation as to why no. you are paper or the world is paper here and, and you're not other times. And they, they don't lean into that like they do in Thousand Year Door. Like I've seen like Mario will fold himself into a paper airplane to cross a gap in Thousand Year Door. Yeah. Like and they only ever use it mechanically a couple of times. But it is it is literally just like, hey, what if Mario was a, was a storybook that took place on this stage for some reason? Exactly. It's just it's just in the grand tradition of Mario being artifice, mm-hmm. right? Like Mario is always a play or a movie or a dream or or something like that, and this just plays into that. Yeah. 
Um, so you head to the castle, and there are a bunch of foreign dignitaries there, um, <laughs> which I really like. Like this, this little bit of talking to the different uh, different mushroom people and other species, um, which you'll like be visiting some of these lands later. Yeah, it's, again, it's kind of cool, uh, cool foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. It's a nice, it's a nice little libretto. Um, also, yep. it's kind of cool that this is the castle from Mario sixty four. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> you you know? know, so it's like, oh, I know, I, I know this place. That's cool. It's a, yeah, it's not laid out the same. Like it, it's just the entry hall is, and as soon as you go in, it becomes different. But yep. like, it is nice to see the the same kind of famous entry hall there. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Bowser has built a castle under <laughs> this castle. Yep. It's a classic castle on castle section, and that castle <laughs> has rocket jets on the bottom. So it's he, a classic his... castle, rocket castle on castle. Yeah, it's it's my favorite episode of, of Castle, where Nathan Fillon <laughs> just fucks a mirror yep. for forty two minutes plus it's, commercials. It's like Tetsuo the Iron Man, like he puts a bunch of bottle rockets under his skin and he turns into Rocket Castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um the uh so so he's he's this is his his greatest plan yet, where he is uh he's you know just blasting uh, your castle into space um, for for a while. It's like and, you know, uh, just kidnapping Peach isn't enough. That's never worked for me before. I actually really like the personification of Bowser in this. Oh, it's so good! Game. Like, it's just because it's just funny. Like it just has like his music and just constant scream face, his like resting scream face. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just very funny. Yeah, and it continues the grand like 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 my favorite interpretation. Anytime Bowser has dialogue, he's not just like a bad guy. He's incredibly insecure. Oh yeah, yeah. Bow- <laughs> exactly. Bow- Bowser's a nice guy. <laughs> like if there hasn't been a Bowser with a fedora. like thing out there like it needs to be a thing um so you get into a fight with him and this is uh you know an unwinnable boss battle yes because he has uh gone to the very heavens the star road itself and reclaimed the star rod for his for his own which grants him unlimited wishes um and he is just kind of wish for ultimate power uh to be able to beat mario yes so so he breathes fire on you and uh kills you and then throws you out a window. She's a lightning <laughs> bolt at you and you fall out a window and fall to earth. But luckily, because you're paper, you fall gently. Yep, you don't have the terminal velocity that regular Mario would. Exactly. Re- regular Mario would just be a pile of salsa. Yeah. And then this Mario makes it safely. Yeah. I, I just the, the, the description of Bowser uh, setting you on fire and throwing, a, throwing you out a window <laughs> sounds much more grim than it actually is. Yeah. It, it, it's it's like it's from, from Justified or something. Like, yeah <laughs> but uh but yes so bowser has won the day and uh he's up there in the in the sky it's funny nobody seems to know what happened there was just like why why the castle shake why is it nighttime now oh no yeah yep <laughs> um and you're you're entering into the prologue which is a pretty beefy uh chapter <laughs> You fall into a town of Goombas. This is this is Goomba Town. Yes, um, and every every town is uh, creature town, blank town, where blank is a creature. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing that I like about this is that you know Goombas are not inherently bad. They have a society. They're just these bad eggs that side up with Bowser. Yeah, and that that's a running theme. Mm-hmm. You're like none of these creatures are evil. You know, it's like the, even the, the, you know, the ones you fight are just following orders. Yeah. Nobody dies. Like, aside from that brief grim bit, like everything, like you beat somebody and then they kind of become your friend because they respect you now. Yeah. Yeah. Or they, or they join you because they, again, like the other ones are bad eggs and they're, Mm -hmm. you know, they sympathize with you. Yeah. Um, So when you're here, um, 
the uh, a bunch of uh, uh, Goombat actually rescues you mm-hmm. um, after a uh, a bunch of stars kind of come in and bring you back to life. Yeah. Um, so stars are going to be kind of the plot guys in this. Yeah. Um, and uh, after Goombat rescues you, there's a character named Eldstar <laughs> who projects a Force Ghost and uh, tells you to meet him at Shooting Star Summit. Yeah. So, and that is over by Toad Town, which is through um, Goomba Town, and there's a bunch of stuff in your way. So that is your first initial goal. So you wake up and you go back to Goomba Town, and everybody is really happy you're okay because they were worried about you. And this sets up the rhythm of the game, which is going to be these kind of two-part chapters, like the the dealing with the city or the culture mm-hmm. of these places and kind of solving puzzles, and that giving you access to a dungeon. Yeah. And that that rhythm is going to stay the same throughout the whole game. So here in Goomba Town, you have to actually, you know, there's this uh, gate that's broken and you have to talk to everyone and kind of do some errands and, and get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have to go. You have to go get the your hammer from Goompa. <laughs> yes. I, I love how everybody says their name and then explains why they're named them with yeah. their name. <laughs> yeah, I'm a grandpa Goomba. Yeah, I'm, I'm Goomba. I'm grandma yeah. Goomba. <laughs> yeah, um, I was kind of hoping Goombat would join you, but uh, I, I, for some reason, I think I remembered that she did, but she totally is not. It's uh, it's Goombario who you see walking around being being creepy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just because of his weird little underbite. Yep. Um, Goombario is solid though, and there's yeah. good representation as far as uh, ladies mm-hmm. in your party. Like you get a bunch of ladies in, on your team. Yeah. yeah. This game, like, like it's weird to talk about the gender politics of Paper Mario, but like, <laughs> yeah. it's surprisingly pretty good. Like. Peach, as even though she's you know kind of damseled in this, like mm-hmm. is instrumental to Mario's success mm-hmm. and her own rescue, and is consistently like proactive in doing things. Yeah, like yes, she is disempowered, but like she's not uh, she's not helpless and she's mm-hmm. not passive about yeah. it. Um, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it's great to be able to control her directly. I can't think yeah. of a time before this where you where you did aside from like Mario too. Yeah, and even then, like that was more because there was a lady in Doki Doki Panic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it and it's it doesn't it's not perfect, but it's mm-hmm. also not like Super Princess Peach, where yeah. it's like she's, you know, controlling the world with her like emotion powers <laughs> that ladies have. Yeah. Um, which is, it sucks that the game is so uh, troubling because it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's like, great. It's one of the great. better platformers on the on the DS. Yeah, it's really good, but it's just kind of like, every time, you know, Princess Peach, uh, the the angries take over her and she just can't <laughs> tr- control herself. Like it's just like oh jeez, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of gross. Yeah. But here she's great, and also there are lots of like just like lady versions of characters of these creatures walking around, yeah. Which uh, which is which is which is cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, you go out. Uh, Goompa's out there fixing the veranda, and then you step out and you wily coyote uh, because yeah. the veranda fell off. Well, well, before that, just real quick, oh, after yeah. you uh, you fix the gate. Oh yeah, uh, uh, the magic Koopa shows up. And drops a huge block on it, and the guy who's standing there says, "I just fixed that." Like, it's just, like there's a pause. Like the comic timing in this game is pretty good. Yep. Um, I wonder who translated this because, like, that translation team would go on to do some amazing stuff. Yeah, like I mean, people talk about the Mario and Luigi games as being really hilarious, and I'm, and I'm, I haven't played them, so I don't know that they, they are. are. So they're I pretty good. Them, I could see them being funnier than this, um, but this is where it began, and you can really see it. Like, this is a pretty funny game. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so you, you, uh, you Wiley Coyote down and you fall <laughs> down onto the ground and, uh, eventually you run into, uh, Master Junior Koopa, <laughs> he's a mini boss we're going to keep running into. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like Sheldon from American Anchors. Yeah. 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 It's not like you just said American Anchors. Yeah. I it's realize. It's a really uh, boring, <laughs> like, history channel show. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> stay right there through this yeah because it's an anchor okay cool i gotcha um yeah, yeah but uh, but um but yes for american acres u.s and, 
Acres. Yeah, U.S. Acres. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Somebody needs to go back to Garfield and Friends Camp. (laughs) Oh, no. Is that a place where they take me forcibly? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Is it in Abu Dhabi? I was just about to make that joke, but I was inhaling. Uh. You beat me. Um. Oh man! So yes, but uh, this is this is a guy who uh, he's 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 a, he's a young upstart. He's like the chicken hawk from Looney Tunes. Uh, he's yeah. he's out to get you to to, to make his bones. Um, yeah. And he is a, a persistent mini boss throughout the game. Yeah, and weirdly enough, he shows up at the end of chapters after you've already beat the boss. Mm-hmm. He's always a little bit behind you. He's never like that hard, but he's he's fun, and they do cool things with him. No, yeah. um, but this is really just to tell you about experience points. Yeah. So, so you take them out and you get that. And like we said, every hundred, you get uh, a choice of an upgrade uh, yep. that you want to make, which is pretty yeah, cool. A um, little pro tip for that is uh, invest in badge points early on mm-hmm. because the uh, the badges that give you the equivalent flower point or HP mm-hmm. uh, value come really early. Yeah. So they're just it's just more versatile. Yeah. Like if you know, with badge points, you can get either of the other two things. Mm-hmm. But if you want to switch them out, you can. So I rode really hard on badge points for quite a while. Yeah. That's great. That's a wonderful way to like customize your character too, because you're you know you're you're making these permanent investments, and you know it's probably never a bad idea to give yourself more HP. Flower points. It really just depends on how you play, but like just the the the, the idea that you have the ability to just kind of like rapidly change your capabilities is uh, yeah. is very friendly. Yeah, and and you can change it within you know at the drop of a hat too. So like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for bosses, like you take off the thing that lets you attack multiple characters, mm-hmm. you know, and put on something more useful. Like it's really cool. And there's a wide variety of these badges. Yeah. Um, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're introduced, you get a, 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 you know, some some items and kind of random encounters introduced to this first strike thing. And then you run into spike Goombas who have <laughs> spikes on their head, which introduces the idea that there's some enemies you have to use your hammer on, some that you have to use, you have to jump on. And then later some enemies that you can't do either. And you have to figure out another attack yeah. to take them out. Mm hmm. So yeah, it is introducing you to that variety very early on, and this fall, the, the, this avoids the pattern of just press attack, mm-hmm. right? Like everything needs to be considered, and it's never explicitly explained to you. You just have to like read the situation. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so you head back to the uh, the village. You get the power jump badge, which is just a a, a better damage version of this mm-hmm. um, that uses your flower points. Mm-hmm. And uh, Goombario joins you <laughs> because uh, evil because he, times are up on us. Yeah, he's, he's, like he's a always like. From the elder. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he's always adored you and now it's it's time to uh, to join you and he is uh, your first companion pretty useful mm-hmm. um, even though I never use him after I get anybody else <laughs> I will switch to him like occasionally in an area just to see his flavor text because yeah. his overworld ability is just to say like oh I heard this so like he's a little know-it-all um, yeah. and like even in battle he's kind of useful if you want to know like what uh, an enemy's HP is yeah, or their weaknesses if they have one. Yeah. Um, there aren't a lot of enemies with weaknesses, but he'll mm-hmm. he'll tell them. And uh, if you get stuck on a puzzle, like mm-hmm. Goombario will help you. So like if you don't know where to go next, he's really useful. Yeah. Um, also, his parabolic jump is adorable. He doesn't well, like lo- he doesn't yeah. just jump with his legs. He 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 jumps in an arc, and his head always follows that arc. So he's doing like a little headbutt. He's <laughs> attempting to emulate Mario and fucking it up. Yep. Like which is really cute. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so you guys are heading to uh, Goomba Castle, which is between you and uh, Toad Town. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those times where they'll play with uh, we'll play with the aesthetic because uh, you see like warning there are Goombas on this path, and then uh, there's a picture of the Goomba on the on the on the sign, and it jumps off and attacks you. That's great. <laughs> like all the little interactive scenery bits are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you fight, you're on your way, and you run into the uh, the Goombros, <laughs> which are red and blue uh, Goomba who fight on King Goomba's behalf. Uh, King Goom or the Goomba King's behalf, who is obviously a thrall of Bowser. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, this is a team boss fight uh, with him, which I didn't last long enough for me to like really reveal whatever the concept was. Yeah, same here. And then here. I just focused on one, and and it was not that tricky. Um, mm-hmm. Later boss fights are tricky. Like they they have kind of concepts behind them, but this one doesn't really seem yeah. to. I would have liked it if they had like uh, once you took one out, the other one got like really sad or mad, or like turned into it... Super Ornstein. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know but if like the red one got really mad or the blue one got sad so you had to take out the red one first like oh sure yeah i don't know that's monday morning quarterbacking but i'm just throwing a concept at something that has no concept yeah they just want <laughs> i think they just wanted to be like pretty breezy yep it's early on yep um and so you have to follow them like you know they run away again nobody dies um yep. so you follow them back to back to the the goomba king who i love his design because yeah. he got this wacky mustache and his eyes are kind of crossed um, and he has this yep. adorable little crown on Look idiot. at him go. Um, and you take down his castle with a switch, similar to uh, Super Mario World. Exactly similar, I, because yeah, really, he flies really he, he flies and turns into a sparkle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really cute little callback. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, and then that's it. And you can make your way to Toad Town, which is going to be your hub for the, the whole game. Like, there are other little civilizations that do have uh, things, but this will continue to reveal depths and open up new areas as you play the game. And Toad Town is like the vassal kingdom outside of the Mushroom Kingdom. So like yes. this, this is where the Peach's Castle used to be, um, and now it's just a gigantic crater in the ground. Where these are all sharecroppers and and, <laughs> and carpetbaggers and indentured servants. Yes. Um, you also get these little cutscenes between. Mm-hmm. So Kami Koopa, the the wizard Koopa, mm-hmm. um, reports the you know this uh, that Goomba King has lost to Bowser, um, and doubts the uh, the star star rod's power. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bowser's like, are you sure this makes me undefeatable? Because, like, somebody just defeated somebody, yeah. Yep, and they they, uh, they keep uh, they keep trying to, uh, he keeps kind of upping the stakes mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but also, like, you, you in, in these little scenes, you always get, like, the, like, whoever the next threat's going to be. Because, like, oh, so, you know, I have the Cooper brothers, you know, so-and-so, um, you know, are, are they okay? And they're there, and they demonstrate their special attack off screen, which is super funny, because they're like, ooh, ah, as you see the flashing mm-hmm. and stuff. But uh, by being there, they left their uh, star unguarded. And, so. and the Koopa brothers are clearly Ninja Turtles. Yes. Like, uh, they're, they're, they're analogs for the four Ninja Turtles, and these guys are really cute. Um, the way they deliver that exposition is really clever throughout the game. The idea of, like, just doing these interstitial scenes where you overhear some kind of critical information for when you're back in the main game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things in, Koop- in Toad Town. Um, so there's the post office, which is just for flavor. Yeah. Um, people will deliver letters to your companions. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go there now, and there's a letter for Gumbario. But every time you go back, somebody is you know sent a letter to one of your companions, mm-hmm. and they're just little cutesy flavor things. Yeah, um, and then kind of at the start, you have access to your little shop, the like the flower shop, and then there are toad houses throughout the world where you can just rest for free because we can you know, refresh your body and soul. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and when you get in bed, you like whoop, slide into yeah, it like you a piece slide of in like a piece of paper, yeah, yeah, like being put into an envelope. <laughs> um. Um, and then there's also a, a tunnel uh, or, or a pipe rather that leads to uh, leads to Mario's house where Luigi is just kind of always doing something cute. Yeah. Yeah, being cute. And he's he's real petulant about not being invited along, too, which <laughs> yep. is, is funny. Um, you can also make your way up to Shooting Star Peak, um, which is where you need to go anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you find out what happens. You run into Force Ghosts of the Seven Stars, um, who ignored Bowser's selfish wishes 
Um, so he came and stole the uh, the star rod. Yeah. And you need to go rescue each of these stars that are being held by a different Bowser lieutenant. Yeah, because right now Bowser is not defeatable. But if you get all of them, they will grant you a power that will you know supersede the star rod. Yep. Yeah. Um, you also do a little uh, peach interlude where she uh, wishes to the stars for help. And uh, since most of the, the big league stars are indisposed, uh, this tiny star named Twink shows up. <laughs> who uh, can't really grant wishes directly, but can kind of help out. Yeah, he can run errands, and yeah. so he is the go-between between the uh, the you know Peach, who is gathering this intelligence, and Mario. So he he goes back and forth and kind of helps coordinate all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, and he gives you a, an item called the Lucky Star. Um, which you, which is what allows you to do those action commands. Yeah, I was kind of frustrated going back to this because, like, I was I was pressing the like the timing buttons just out of instinct because mm -hmm. I, I I know when I need to do this, but uh, I I didn't realize that it was I, I guess not late in the game, but like you, there was so much game before that became a part of the combat. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it it, it is definitely um you know it's instinctual if you played mm -hmm. it before. Yeah, and uh, it's not actually that thing. So. Yeah. Um, you're also introduced to Merlon the wizard, uh, who is uh, there in town, uh, who is uh, kind of your, uh, your your fortune teller, and he can give you hints about where you need to go next. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do not use him very often. Yeah. Um, like, he was not that useful for me. Um, not That's not a brag. It, you know, it's, it's RPG. <laughs> it's just, but the, oh, I guess I'm a Paper Mario casual. Yeah, yeah, guys, I, I didn't have to. This game I already played before. I didn't have to use the built-in <laughs> tutorial for kids that often. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny to go to him because it's, you know, again, it's Paper Mario, so it's adorable. But the first time, he gives you, like, the like the whole uh, the whole rundown of the prophecy and stuff, and you fall asleep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And you just get to kind of get to the end, which yep. is super cute. Yeah. Um, I dig it. But there's um, some, there's some bad toads blocking the way and like different parts of Toad Down are closed off to you at the start. But these bad toads, eh, there's something off about them. Uh, their eyes. They're cute. They're cute, angry eyes. Like, yep. It's super adorable. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it turns out that they're Koopa brothers. And uh, um, there's another prophecy of after Merlon kind of chases them off, which is uh, you need the help of a blue shelled Koopa, which yep. Gary, do you think we're going to meet him in uh, chapter one? I, th I think we will. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we, we head on over to chapter one, storming the Koopa Bros fortress <laughs> and uh, the Koopa village. Yes, I love the Koopa village because each house, uh, it's, it's made out of a giant Koopa shell. Mm -hmm. So I imagine yeah. that these yeah, are their... They're, they're... there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good God, I didn't think about that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like the scar in Morrowind. I'm sleeping in Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you can you give me a cup of sugar from the ventricle chamber? <laughs> like, yep. Oh gosh, we're 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 sleeping within the husks of titans from days gone by. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Back mm. in the day, from Giant World, from the oh yeah World, World Four, from Super Mario Brothers Three. Well, scale is malleable, so I think they found some way to like. <laughs> they, they got all the least popular ones. They made them big and then killed them and hollowed them out. Yeah, that was grim. It's like a weird version of the lottery. Yeah, if you if you go to the cutting room floor, you can see the original scenes that they you can see the dialogue of, uh, of Cooper. Yeah, uh, just using a smaller turtle shell to hollow out the flesh of a bigger turtle shell. <laughs> yep. Oh, and how they feasted and danced. Yep. And, yeah, except for one of them crying in the back. Yeah. Oh, it would be their time soon. Yeah. <laughs> Ask not for who the shell tolls. The shell tolls for thee. <laughs> 
<laughs> but again, Koopa towns like they, these are just little townspeople, like men, men and women walking around. Uh, however, they're under siege by these fuzzies, which I always love these guys because they look like crazy bearded dudes. Yeah, yeah, little little, little hermits. <laughs> um, and you can kind of go around the town helping them out. So, like uh, one of you know, you you one fuzzies in a tree, and you you slap the uh, the tree, and he falls out, and they because they've stolen the different turtle shells. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you kind of, uh, you know, you kind of head through and, and help them out and eventually you get star pieces, which, um, are kind of a special currency. Yep. I'm in the game. Yep. Which you can uh, use to exchange for, uh, for badges from somebody yes. up uh, at star peak. Yep. Um, uh, but there, but there's one of them, you know, this is, this is Cooper, Cooper rather, mm-hmm. um, is his name. He really doesn't have that much of a personality aside from he is mortified by the idea of being without his shell. He's a never nude. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh and you have to kind of chase this one fuzzy out of town and do appropriately enough a shell game in order yeah. to get this uh get to get this back yeah there, there are a couple of these in this game and i and i always like them mm-hmm. these different shell things they they show up in a big bad way in the the boo house yeah. the haunted level um but i really dig it and cooper's cute mm-hmm. like I, I like cooper and his uh his ability is really useful so the two things cooper can do right off the bat is uh he can attack enemies that are like on fire or somehow hazardous mm-hmm. he's like a um, distance is, attacker a distance attack he can attack um all the enemies at once that are on the ground mm-hmm. which is great and then he can um he's really good for getting first strikes because you uh you just kind of shoot him out as a shell and you can get guys that are far away and it moves really quickly nice so he's he's a he's a great great companion yeah so, so immediately he has more utility uh, than Goombario does. And this yeah. is where yeah. I kind of like sideline Goombario right away. Yeah, Goombario immediately becomes obsolete. obsolete. Yeah, and yeah. a real bummer for him, I'm sure. <laughs> well, he's just happy to be there, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you've got your uh, you've got your buddy now. You've fulfilled the prophecy and gotten your blue-shelled uh, uh, Goomba. There's also a really cool house there that's like a, it's like a beach inside. It's like it's like Dr. Jacoby's house yeah. <laughs> from Twin Peaks. And there's, a, there's a radio that has an oldie station that plays old Mario music. Cool. This is a tangent, but I forgot to send you a picture. Oh, of something that you just um, I was walking downtown, and there's a theater in town that's doing um, the uh, uh, Black Lodge burlesque. God damn! So just uh, I I don't know if that would be good. I, I that feels scary to me. Um, but I took a picture of it for you. I'll send it to you now. But yeah, Black Lodge burlesque. Hmm. Um, Portland, Oregon. <laughs> So, I mean, I'd go there out of curiosity, at least. I am curious as to what it would be like yeah. um, without necessarily wanting to get the, the cum scared out of me. <laughs> from, like, from it. Well, I mean, it's the most efficient way to get it out. It has to be terror <laughs> cum. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, look at it there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all, anyway. uh, along with the band, we are gypsies now. Yeah. Which the, the uncomfortableness of that word aside, that's a pretty good name for a band. Yeah. Anyway, so you're proceeding to uh to, to the Cooper Brothers Fortress. And uh, it's it's funny because you see some bombs around, and there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of labor politics happening here because they felt like they were overworked. Yeah, and this plays into this whole chapter. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I show up later, which is very cute. Yeah. Uh, you, you know who I wouldn't make uh, make angry, Gary? The bombs. The bombs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, oh man. 
Uh, so yeah, the the Koopas are they're, are are they're they're bored now that the fuzzies are gone, which is which is also funny. Like, yeah, you know, they they brought some texture to the world, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's still a little reason to like revisit these places after you solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, they get kind of give you some reason too, but like, I didn't find myself going back to villages and just chatting yeah. that often. Once you open up, uh, like like the the fast travel, I like yeah, I, I got back as opposed to just backtracking through it. When I was backtracking, I was like, I'm on a mission to get back to Toe Down to see yeah. the next thing. But yeah. But uh, yeah, they, they introduce the fast travel relatively late. Mm-hmm. And weirdly. Um, so you end up go, you're going to uh, you're going to uh, Koopa, the Koopa Brothers Fortress. Um, so you're fighting the bombs now, which um, are similar to the uh, fireballs or the bombs from Final Fantasy. Like you just want to kill mm-hmm. them before they can blow you up. Yeah. So like as far as I can tell, they didn't even have HP. You just need you needed to get two attacks in because one would make them flash. And then the second oh, one would, yeah. would, would detonate them safely. Whereas if you left one flashing at the end of your round, then it would explode and kill you. Yeah, they're pretty tough. Yeah, like they, you know, they, they can do a lot of damage. Um, you uh, you kind of move through. You're you're collecting items and everything like that. They do a little bit with the paper thing, mm-hmm. um, where you kind of slip through this crack, um, as a piece of paper. Yep. To uh, to get the uh, the power jump boots, mm-hmm. and the power jump is the thing that lets you do unlimited, um, timed hits mm-hmm. with the jump, which is my bread and butter for the first few bosses, and then uh, eventually I could out damage it. Yeah. Or not out damage it, but like. The damage versus hassle ratio. <laughs> yep. The smaller would, where that, like I'd rather just do the, regular power jumps. Yeah, or the power jump or the power bounce or whatever that was. That like okay, I recognize it as a way to do a lot of damage, which is which is all well and good. However, um, it also made me feel bad when I didn't do it good. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. So like um, you're 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 throwing you're throwing FP at it, and if you get less than three, it's really not worth it. Yeah, and it also um, doesn't scale with your boots yeah. or your badges or anything. It's always just one damage. So, like, yeah. with later bosses that have real HP sponges, like, you do a lot of damage on that first hit, but mm-hmm. you really have to keep keep the combo going. Yeah, it goes up to 101, which also seems like a lot of time to pay that oh, much attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't do that. Yeah. So, And also, I'm, I'm playing this a lot on uh, the exercise bike. Oh, yeah. So, like, doing that timing while moving my legs is <laughs> yep. difficult. Exactly. Yeah. This is a perfect game for that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really yeah. good for that. I think I'm I, loathe for when we do Doom Two and I can't. Like that, that's <laughs> an imperfect game for that. And like I'm gonna try to do that without uh, Z Doom, without Mouse Look, mm-hmm. and play it as intended. So like yeah. I'm gonna need to concentrate. I think I'm gonna do that on PS3 actually. So Interesting. I can, yeah, so I can uh, so I can do it on the exercise bike. Hmm. Also because playing that with a mouse and keyboard is not really a possibility with my PC. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there's a little situation. So there, like, there are these cracks along the walls that you, you know, obviously need to blow open, and you have all these bob bombs around. Uh, but turns out, uh, after a little bit of subterfuge, there's this yellow Koopa who thinks he is getting you by rigging up this trap door on a platform. But actually, you know, you just go up there and trigger it, and then fall like a sheet of paper. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Again, you know. you're you're immune to fall damage. You have a ring of feather fall, <laughs> um, um, and you fall into the prison where all of the uh, all of the dissidents, the uh, uh, the the the, the laborer down there. And this is uh, you have this the most adorable sprite and NPC. Um, I guess it's a PC uh, in any of the game, which is Bombette. Bombette's really cute. Yeah, like Bombette. There's a Bombette emote on our Slack channel. Yep, because <laughs> people she's use so it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of want a Bombette toy. Like I love the idea of a pink bomb. Yeah, yeah. I lo- I, lo- I love Bombette. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she's also just sassy too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like that. Not quite as sassy as as Bo. Like mm-hmm. Bo Bo gets the sass awards, but Bombat's very sassy as well. Yeah. Um. So she she could blow her way out of there anytime she wants. <laughs> yep. She just needs your encouragement and to kind of anger up the blood. <laughs> and then the Koopas come and say explosions are prohibited inside the fortress except for emergencies. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was a good policy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, but she gets you up to kind of the the, the castle walls where you are, uh, kind of doing this uh, bullet bill bridge kind of thing, trying yeah. to avoid all these. Yeah, which I really like. Like it's it's like this little intersection between the uh, random the turn based battles and the the main line thing because if you get hit by a battle, you get you know immediately shunted into a turn based battle that you will mm-hmm. get hit by at least the first bullet. Yeah, um, right away, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um, and you get to the end. Um, you get to uh, the, the bullet bill, kind of the guns, the bill mm-hmm. blasters. Yeah. Um, who create this and they spawn this enemy that you've been fighting. Um, yeah. And so you have to take them out. But uh, if they shoot a bullet bill, you have to deal with them or else they'll attack you. Um, after that, there's a quote unquote King Bowser, which is a <laughs> shitty like high school play robot version of King Bowser. It's like a pots and pans robot, except uh, he's made out of like cloth. And as yeah. you do attacks, you actually see the uh, the stitching come undone. Yeah. It was pretty great. <laughs> and they're and they're, and they're talking through like a loudspeaker inside of it saying the sequel should be called Paper Bowser. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, so his his whole thing is he has uh, high damage resistance. And yeah. I don't think that you've gotten badges that pierce that yet. Right. Um, eventually, you'll get items. Here's a, another pro tip. If something says D down, mm-hmm. it means it's piercing. Yeah. So like that took me a long time to figure out. But those are the, if something has really high defense, use something that says D down. Mm hmm. And that will uh, take care of that. Yeah. And so uh, Bombad is good to use here because her attack um, does do some piercing. Yeah. 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 Eventually you get a companion that all of his attacks do piercing, but mm-hmm. not for a while. Yep. Um, so then you fight the uh, the four uh, Ninja Koopa, mm-hmm. the four brothers. And, and they are, their kind of boss concept is that they're stacked up initially. Um, and if they attack this way, it does a lot of damage. So you need to knock over their, their tower. You have to yep. Jenga them. Yeah. Turtle stacking. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and uh, once they fall down, they are just a uh, you know a bunch of enemies that you have to fight and kind of take down one by one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, like I consider this whole run from the from, from the uh, bill generators or the bill blasters up through this to be like one big boss fight. Actually, yeah. Like, and so the fact that the Ninja Koopa fight is a little bit of a you know bummer, um, and how simple it is, like, is not that big of a deal for me because of that. Yeah, yeah, it is also not a, a big deal for me. Yep. Um, so you get your star piece and you free one of the star spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the star spirits give you um, a new power, which is kind of akin to summoning, I yeah. guess, in a Final Fantasy um, that just have different effects. It's like summoning or limit breaks. Like you have a meter that fills up every time you take or do damage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you uh, uh, use that and you only have one power now that gives you five HP and five flower points when you use mm-hmm. it yeah. and is really handy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's mostly as a, for me, like as a way to get flower points back. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was really good for that. Yeah, because like when you get items, especially like mushrooms and stuff, you're going to want to use them. Your your inventory is so limited and the game is trying to encourage you uh, to kind of cycle through that. Yeah, we and we didn't talk about that, but it's actually, I think, pretty elegant. Mm-hmm. Um, the You have 10 items you can carry with you in this game, which is which is a pittance. Mm-hmm. Um, but that actually serves a bunch of purposes. Um, one is to encourage you to use items because the game is balanced you not to hoard things even items that seem like they'd be really really powerful mm-hmm. um as far as i know nothing is unique you can you can make them later um two uh it is to stop the game from becoming trivial because you have a lot of damage items yeah so if you could have unlimited items there'd be nothing to stop you from just buying you know grinding up for fire flowers and just steamrolling the entire game yeah um and then three and i didn't discover this until a little bit later in the game is to encourage you to uh kind of like a game of dominion like trade out your low value versions of things for high value versions of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, there ends up being an item crafting system that comes up later. So there's no reason ever to just have a plain mushroom. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, you can always do something with it and make it better. Yeah. So those slots are really valuable and they're trying really early on to encourage you to consider them that way. Yeah. 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 But they're there. Also, you can only use them in battles. So that uh, you... that's not true. Oh, you really? You can use them outside battle. Yeah. I was it's, not aware of that. <laughs> it's left on the, the uh, C-pad. Ah, damn. Like that. Yeah. So I've been playing kind of in not hard mode, but slightly harder than necessary mode. Slightly, slightly harder mode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Whoops. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's weird that you have to use a specific command. Yeah, like I just uh, as yeah. opposed to just going into the menu uh, to look at yeah. your items, which was my instinct. Oh well, I made myself sound like a dummy. <laughs> no, I just make you sound like a dummy. It's just they they never explain it. Yeah, they they go to great pains to explain a lot of things that don't re- you know that you could figure out quicker. <laughs> yep, but they don't explain that for some reason. Hmm. Womp womp. So we get another uh, Peach interlude. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Peach as stealth, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're sneaking out of the room. You have to uh, you have to uh, kind of find the secret button to rotate your fireplace, uh, which lets you out into the, uh, I think it's like the main room, maybe, with uh, with the Koopas that have the, the lanterns. Not yet. Oh, um, no? Right now, it just goes to a tunnel to Bowser's room. Oh, right. Uh, okay. The next area is where you and here you just read his diary. Yeah, which um, is which is insecure and childish. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a real baby thing. But you can pass this information back to Bowser. And essentially, it just tells you where you need to go next, which is the, which is the dry, dry desert. Which I type um, out here as dry Drew, which is, yeah, which who's, is great. Who's that? Hello. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Can I have some water? You, 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 can, you can never tell if he's joking. Yeah. The, the, um, the, I'm just kidding. I'm not thirsty. Um, <laughs> but the uh, uh, later, it becomes kind of like a stealth espionage mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. With her. Uh, metal peach solid. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, this is where you learn about the Star Beam, which is going to be your ultimate power once you get all these guys, uh, and you have to do a little bit of backtracking to Toe Town. And because each of these areas is so kind of like minimal, mm-hmm. um, that's not as big of a bummer. Like backtracking becomes a problem later on, but not because of the uh, the level designs. No, be- it just become within the actual level it does. Yeah, as levels become a little bit more fetch questy mm-hmm. and more uh, spokes. Yeah, on, on kind of centerpieces. Yeah. And uh, outside of Toe Town, you fight Junior Troopa again, and he can turtle up now. Um, so, so we're on to chapter two, the mystery of the dry, dry ruins. Mm-hmm. Um, you are to so- head south. Um, the bad shop opens up, mm-hmm. um, which gives you a random selection of three badges. Um, I don't know what causes the inventory to switch out. Neither do I. Like, I think it might be gated by chapter, possibly. It's, but they are random mm-hmm. because, or like if you, um, because yeah, the ones you get are somehow random. Yeah. And if not entirely random. So like, it's just interesting. Like you don't know exactly what power-ups you're going to have, uh, access to. Mm-hmm. Yep, I got one called the first strike badge, which uh, which lets you do extra damage if you end up doing a first strike, which is super cool. Yeah, because I mean, there's really no reason not to get first strikes, except for a couple enemies later that make that very difficult. But mm-hmm. for most of the game, you can do that. Yeah, um, there is a sewer, which is kind of this <laughs> game's version of like the optional dungeon in Pillars of Eternity. Yep, uh, like the endless dungeon there um, with some mini bosses in it. But you can go down here and get some nice treasure um, if you're able to take it out. Yeah. Uh, yep. You're finding a bunch of bloopers at the start. And this was so hard, like, you know, when you first find it, that I thought it was a much later area as opposed yeah. to just trying to figure out how to work your way around it. They do that a lot in this game, which it felt feels like an old game design thing that I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like modern game designs would stop you from having access to these things. Mm-hmm. But this is some Dark Souls ass like meat wall <laughs> kind of thing. And like Dark Souls, if you can make it. So like every time I ran into an enemy that felt too hard, I would just look at my items and you know, store up items to make it work. 
mm-hmm. because the you know those are items are really overpowered, and uh, and you can you can beat just about everything yeah. using them. So I can't remember exactly what you get for beating Blooper this soon, but it's handy. Yeah, it's it's some kind of badge, and I stopped yeah. keeping track of those. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but uh, but eventually, like this turns into like a warp zone. You know, like like the warp zones in Mario One, uh, where you can get around. Uh, this becomes your fast travel, and this is a gigantic dungeon that is kind of gated by the items that you get in later chapters. So it yes. always benefits you to come back here after each chapter to either see what new enemies and what new items you can uh, you can get, um, hmm. or to see you know what old areas you can get to quicker now. Um, yeah, and then yeah, so you're on to the mystery of the dry dry ruins. <laughs> You have to ride a train to uh, to Rugged Mountain, and this is one of my favorite pieces of music in the game. Mm. That uh, that that train ride and music again has that Western feel to it. Yeah, and the whistle is really well integrated mm-hmm. into it. The train whistle. Um, so you're on this this mountain, um, which introduces some new enemies, um, some of which are, are kind of nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the Monty moles, which we which are fine, um, but the actual little rock creatures mm-hmm. you run into here are really difficult to damage. Yeah, um, they have really high defense. Um, and uh, you run into your next companion, but he won't join you just yet. This is Paracary, <laughs> who is a mail-delivering uh, Paracoopa. Yep. And uh, he wants you to find all the letters he's dropped. <laughs> he's a shitty he'll... mailman. <laughs> yeah, he's a shitty mailman. He's not my favorite companion either. Like, <laughs> right. Um, but before he'll join you, which you need to because he can carry you across small gaps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, slightly yep. bigger than your jump, but slightly <laughs> smaller than like would be super useful. Yep. It's slightly smaller than is, you know, just kind of like readable as something you need a special item for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you have to go around this mountain um, and kind of navigate these slides in order to find, I believe it's like three letters that you have to get in order to uh, to convince him to uh, to join you and carry you across this marginally wider than your jump gap. Yeah. And he's dropped a bunch more, which is why he's going to join you because he wants to look for them. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this creature, this blue diglet thing, um, (laughs) which I I smacked with a hammer. Oh, you and did? you get something, yeah, which I on accident. Um, but you uh you get something, you get a really powerful healing item. Oh wow. I don't know what else you do with him though. <laughs> he's just like he's there to be like like the like oh man, like the flying pig from uh, kids in the hall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody talks about how great he is. <laughs> yeah. There like, he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like okay so wacka i'm thinking like oh this is going to be really important to this uh to this spoke nope he's just a he's just a dopey looking thing that pops out of the ground yeah that you can smack for food if you want <laughs> um also at the end of this i really like this part is you run into this buzzard named uh buzzar um who says like hey i'm looking for this guy named mario um or like what what you look like him what's your name and you can say um Princess Peach, Mario, or Luigi, mm-hmm. and if you say Luigi, he leaves you alone. <laughs> yep. Oh, not and the it's guy really I'm funny for. to be like, no, this I'm Luigi, <laughs> and like <laughs> it's a real shithead thing for Mario to do. I know, right? Because who knows Luigi? Luigi's shitty. Yeah, Luigi's one of my favorite characters. No, yeah, Luigi's great. They should <laughs> yep. have drowned him though when he was born. But he's just, that's not actually true. <laughs> the, just the wrong kid died. <laughs> yeah, wrong, wrong brother died. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I said Peach just as like, oh, that seems like the weird answer to give. It's like, wait a minute. No, my boss has her in the castle. Something's up. Yeah, he'll believe Luigi, but not be believe Peach. Yeah, I just uh, didn't want him to go after Peach and then like be treated to a 20 minute scene of him like <laughs> eating her entrails. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> just vomiting on her to clean her. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Buzzards are gross. Paper Mario took a weird turn. <laughs> Um, so this is an optional fight, uh, but uh, fighting him will actually teach you like it's not always just a timing game to to avoid damage, right? Because he will kind of get up on you and nom, and um, and you have to uh, mash your button in order to get out of his grip and reduce the amount of damage that he ultimately does. Yep, and this has used a terrible effect with uh, my least favorite boss fight in the game, yeah. which come will come in our second half. Um, this this kind of same thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're we're on our way to the uh, the dry by dry dry uh, outpost, right? Here. So you have to go through this uh, this big desert, um, and you know you pass by this uh, Indiana Jones analog. Um, it's a mixture between Indiana Jones and generic English explorers. It's Indiana Jones and Rudyard Kipling. Yeah, is <laughs> who it is. Um, and they're like, oh, just stay on the path and you'll get there. Uh, you're going to be exploring this desert a little bit later, but you get to dry dry outpost, which has uh, awesome toad variation, which they have kind of like these turbans. Yeah, like on their head. A lot. So it's just adorable. Yeah. Mm. And essentially what you're doing here is a little bit of a, a, a fetch quest kind of thing mm-hmm. where you're trying to find out uh, where uh, Mustafa is, who is the, the bandit who runs the town, who can help you get into the dry, dry ruins. Um, and there's this information dealer named Sheik. Um, and you have to find out uh, what, what fruit he loves. Like if mm-hmm. you give him a piece of food, he'll answer a question. You ask him what his favorite food is. And he says it begins with an L and ends with an N. Um, so you have to find that and you can actually find that in this desert, which is kind of a maze. I mean, just a five by five grid. Yeah. Um, but it is, uh, looks really samey. And there's actually some like treasure and, and think reasons to, to explore this desert. Mm -hmm. But, um, this is also the first time that you've uh, encountered pokies as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, the walking cactus things. Um, and there are some screens that are just littered with them. Yeah. So some of these, I feel like you're really not supposed to fight. You're just supposed to to run Mm -hmm. through some of these screens. Yeah. Oh, and you can also get a lime. (laughs) Which yeah, I didn't try giving him the line. Like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, I think because later when they introduced the item crafting thing, mm-hmm. that's what the lime is for. Yeah. But I think it's just to, you know, in case you don't ask him that question, because you have to pay to ask him. You have to give him a piece of food mm-hmm. for him to answer that question. And uh, essentially, the code is to buy items in a certain order, because this shop in this town, uh, you know, so once you give him the lemon, he tells you this, um, sells two shitty items, a dried mushroom and a dusty hammer. Mm-hmm. So you buy those in that order and it unlocks uh, this guy. Yeah. And it turns out it's him because whenever yeah. anyone says like that, 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 that it's Tracer Tong in Human Revolution. Like it's any time <laughs> you're looking for somebody mysterious and talking to their lieutenant, you're actually talking to them. <laughs> yep. And so you have to follow him up to the uh, to the highest point, And he gives you a stone that lets you play hot and cold in the desert um, in order to find the dry, dry ru- ruins. And this uh, turns into the key, which raises it from the sands. Yep. Yep. So so you, you get there and. Uh, Every time you're in here, you're, getting, you're hearing this voice once you get into these these ruins <laughs> of uh, Koopa, um kind of warning you about the mummy's curse or what have you. <laughs> I'm just picturing a flatulent turtle. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the dumbest thing. This game's turning me into a child, more so than usual. <laughs> but yeah, so he's warning you off, and like it's funny because he's trying to play into the whole I'm a spooky spirit, but he's not holding up the act. Like nobody can commit to their bit. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're all just trying, but everyone's incompetent, and that's the recipe for this kind of uh, comedy. Yep. Very great. Yep. And the kind of gimmick here is uh, changing the dimension of rooms by filling them with sand. Mm hmm. 
So like you'll go into a room and you can do some of the stuff, but you can't do everything. And then the room above it, you have to flip a switch and fill it with sand. Yep. Also, the gimmick here, you're being introduced to status effects where they haven't really been used to great effect before, which is you have uh, kind of mummy versions of enemies. And when they attack you uh, or if you um, jump on them, in the case of the pokies, uh, you get a case of the pokies. Um, (laughs) You uh, you get poisoned. Mm hmm. Um, you get a, the stone hammer, which allows you to break better blocks and do more damage. Mm-hmm. Um, every time you get something that allows you to break better blocks, um, it does more damage as well, which is really great. You also um, get better like, boots, like later on. Yeah, so it's like the, it's not just the Metroidvania; like it's not just a key. It has functionality as well as, uh, mm-hmm. you know, which is nice. Yeah. Um, kind of the the big goal here is you find a place to put these uh, these three stones in these uh, in these pokey uh, statues. And you have mm-hmm. to get like a like a like a crescent, uh, a diamond, and a, and a uh, star. Yeah, um, and uh, to to kind of like look for a key that tells you the right uh, the right slots to put them in. Yep. Um, after you do that, you unlock the boss, uh, Tutankupa, Koopa, who uh, is standing on a ledge above you, and uh, he lets you know like he he's, it slips out that he's actually working for Bowser. He's not a haunted <laughs> haunted mummy, and uh, kind of does some attacks. Mostly, he summons chain chomps and mm-hmm. variations of chain chomps. Um, to fight you so it is a fight where like if you can get to um him you know and damage him directly you can end it a lot quicker um if you're constantly dealing with his riffraff it's a little bit harder mm-hmm. um paracarry is actually useful here uh because mm-hmm. he's your damage dealer up until you get like lady bow or uh, some of the some of the later ones he has a special attack which he, he'll throw his shell um and it's a little bit like the uh the yoshi's island um targeting system where it just kind of scans um, and so you can do damage directly to uh, to him um, while Mario deals with the chain chomps, um, and you just kind of have to wait for Tutankupa Koopa to um, like rain down rocks that knock him off of his own platform, and he yeah. blames you for that. Yeah, <laughs> which is cute. Um, but again, nothing nothing too special here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after you kind of figure out the concept, he goes down pretty quick, and uh, you rescue the uh, the second star spirit. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the one with the bow, the lady star spirit. Yeah. And she gives you uh, the lullaby power, which lets you uh, uh, put your enemies to sleep. Yep. Not terribly um, useful. Like I, I found I had items that did that, but. Yeah, I didn't really use that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mostly used refresh up until I got the other healing one. Mm-hmm. And then very occasionally we'd use the damage one when I had like a field of four enemies. Yeah. You know, I was fighting. Um, yeah. Um, and then there's a peach interlude here where uh, this is the actual stealth mission where uh, you are trying to get into the library, although you don't know that you're just getting out there. And um, each of these Koopas in the in the main hall have a lantern that acts like their Metal Gear Solid sight cone. Yes. Yeah. And and this is like it's not bad. It, it It's a little bit annoying the amount of time it takes when you get caught. Yeah. Um, to get to get back out because you get sent back to the beginning. Um, it's no indigo prophecy as far as like stealth goes, but it is <laughs> like mildly annoying. Um, you do have to do it several times. Yeah. Um, but it's not bad. And also like the, the, the peach sprite is really cute and her interludes are really cute. So I forgive a lot Yep. about it and her interactions with the guards and everything and the different denizens. <laughs> they're, they're, they're so apologetic. Like, I'm so sorry that I have to do this. Yeah. And then they pick her up bodily and just toss her into the yeah. into her room. Like they're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> or like they're like yeah. she's a drunk. Yeah. yeah. They're tossing her. Um, yeah. you sneak into the, the library and you overhear them talking about this, uh, this tubba bubba, um, who is, you know, inv- every, by all accounts, invincible. Mm-hmm. And uh, the weird detail you pick up, like Mario has to find a weakness. Um, and Tubba Bubba goes into the forest to eat ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, that that's something. Like, he goes and eats ghosts. 
<laughs> I'm surprised they didn't make his design more like Pac-Man. It's yeah, it's true. Well, he's a, he's an established Mario guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, from as of uh, like a um, Yoshi's Island too, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he looks a little bit like uh, his design would remind you of uh, um, Bowser Jr. Actually. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're on to uh, chapter three: the Invincible Tub of Blah Blah. Uh, so you get this information like, oh, you have this invincible guy and you have to head into uh, the Forever Forest, which is off of the south wing of Toad Town. And uh, some ghosts show up and uh, spook <laughs> spook the, uh, the the Toad Guard, which has this cute little spear real bad. Yeah, that's real cute. <laughs> um, and then when you get in the forest and you run into the butler who invites you to it and then turns into the big, scary, like large Marge uh-huh. version. Um, I, I love bootler this is this is the bootler <laughs> which i understand the the, the the joke they're going for with bootler always a ghost butler however when you say bootler out loud it sounds like you're talking about ghost hitler yeah, yeah it, it doesn't um yeah it doesn't sound like a ghost butler at all <laughs> right. i just like saying i just like saying bootler though yep um, Elaine bootler um <laughs> can i get your coat <laughs> <laughs> um and i actually like this section um this is like a, one of those mazes like they do in video games where it's a uh a maze but it has a better concept behind it's, it it's the best execution of this we've seen so far in the show yeah it's really good because like it's not arbitrary it's not just memorize the pattern go back to the beginning mm-hmm. and it's not like brave fencer musashi where you have to like chase that dog and do an escort mission at the same time mm-hmm. it's just something about one of the four paths is different mm-hmm and you have to figure out what it is, and it can kind of widely vary. Like sometimes yeah. it's a sound, sometimes it's a visual cue. Um, you know, sometimes you have to interact with an object. It's really cool. Yeah, um, I love those laughing flowers yeah. because like they'll the, the, their their heads will rotate in really creepy ways and disappear and like pop up, or the mushrooms will glow like going into the background. Like this is really effective. And it scared the shit out of me. Uh, <laughs> like it's not true i, I mean it's uh, like it, 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 it it's it's spooky cute which is an aesthetic that i really enjoy i spooky cute a lot too yeah. um yeah so so you make your way through the forest and we're kind of going through it quickly it takes it takes a while but you get there yeah and you get to boo's mansion which is like a puzzle dungeon oh, i love it so much this is like yeah, a haunted mansion and vampire man <laughs> yeah this is really good this is my favorite chapter in the game yep um at least so far on the replay mm. um it's just like it, it, i thought i was gonna oh, okay i'm gonna fight a bunch of fucking booze you know, but nope. not the case. Like you just have to do a lot of like cool puzzles and deal with some spooky set pieces. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it, it's just it's like adventure game gating. You know, you're 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 going through. There's really no threat. There's a vase that turns you into Ape at Mario, like that little curtain in a Super Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're just kind of like progressing. Like you have to, um, in order to, in order to get up to the third floor, you have to replace a painting of an old Boo. Yep. Yep, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just kind of doing these little environmental puzzles, like something's different. Um, and sometimes they they make their way into actual little dexterity challenges or mm-hmm. um, shell game kind of things. Yeah, uh, similar similar things to that. Um, eventually, to make your way into the basement, which will allow you to make your way to the top floor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So you get into the basement, and you have to do that ghost shell game to get the super boots, which lets you do the stomp. Yeah. Um, before Mario did everything with his butt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that gets you. Uh, that, that that gets you down there. Yep, and, and so uh, you meet yeah, up so you with can... uh, with with Lady Bo, uh, kind of the, the the mistress of this mansion, and uh, and Bootler himself. 
Mm-hmm. And they, they tell you what's going on with uh, with Tubba Blubba. Yeah. Um, he is, uh, he's been eating Ghost, and in exchange for stopping him, they'll give you a star spirit. Like, these are the good guys, but they actually have the, the star spirit mm-hmm. captured. Yeah, because Tubba Blubba lost it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is really great. And she's this is just Lady Bo, Bo is so great. Like she's just she's Machiavellian. <laughs> yep. Um and uh and she joins you. Um and she's really, really useful. Oh yeah. So her field thing is she makes you go stealth, which will make enemies ignore you. Mm-hmm. Really useful. She can do that in battle, which allows you to ignore an attack. Yeah. Um round of attack, which is really good. Um eventually you will get attacked because she can't do two turns in a row. Mm-hmm. Um she does that, but you can get two Mario turns in a row. Yeah. Which is really useful when you when you become kind of a powerhouse later. Mm-hmm. And her uh, her her special attack, the way you charge her her regular attacks rather, is to uh, press the stick left a bunch of times, and that actually plays in because like she's doing a slap, like she's charging up a slap, and so you're actually slapping the stick a little bit. Yeah. Um. And I use my 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 index and middle finger, and it feels a little bit filthy when I do it. Yeah, like like, <laughs> like kind of like you're flicking a bean. Yeah, a little bit. I, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. So there we go. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I, glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, I mean, I like. I'm. I'm. A, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No more. You don't need to say anything more. <laughs> like it's fine. The, 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 I'm just happy that that evoked a little bit of that feeling for both of us. Yeah, for sure. It also like. Uh, feels like i'm being too rough on my controller as well a little bit i keep feeling i'm gonna break it yeah (laughs) so anyway anyway so gusty gulch yeah this is great it has a has awesome flamenco music through it Um, and this is where the booze live. This is their, actually their village. Mm-hmm. Um, so you show up there, and uh, everyone's talking about this guy, Herbert, who died, who's eaten. <laughs> it's really funny. He was um, so dark and depressing. Oh, what a great boo. <laughs> God, I love ghosts. <laughs> um, like, like, seriously, the boo design must be my favorite design for a ghost in a game. Yeah, it has it's, to it's be. one of my favorite Mario enemies. Like, Baboms are probably my all time favorite. Ah, shy guys, man. I'm a shy guy, man. You're a shy guy, man? Yeah. Um, I still I think I like Baboms and, and Boos more than I like shy guys. I love <laughs> shy guys. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, so this is this is very personal. Like, they have their society and they have their sentimental attachments. <laughs> um, and uh, um, you, you get a couple of hints, like, everybody speaks in, like, these weird prophecies and dreams. Uh, one of them says, like, oh, you, you know, like, I had a dream about needing to retreat to a windmill. But as you're walking around this little town, this little ghost outpost, um, Tubba Blubba comes and he eats Stanley. No. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, and they just give him a name for <laughs> yeah. comedy. Yep. Like, Stanley, no. Um, <laughs> and Lady Bo's like, not Stanley. Yeah, everybody loves Stanley, but no, we don't know anything about him. It's, it's very funny. Yep. Um, yeah, so so you, you're making your way to his uh, his mansion mm-hmm. um, from this point. And on your way, you're running into Goombas, who are like ultra Goombas, I think yeah. they're called. And uh, they charge up, and if they attack you, it does tons of damage. So yeah. this is teaching you to use Lady Bo's... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, invincibility power. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like they flash and they like move around their enemies later who are a little bit more subtle about charging their stuff up. Yeah. And so it's, it's really like saying, okay, here's a, here's a very obvious example of when you need to use her. Um, so you can kind of catch the more subtle stuff later on. Yep. Um, so you get to, uh, to tub of his mansion. You have it as both Tubba Bubba and Tubba Blubba. And I know, I yeah. It it's it's Tubba Blubba. I was okay. I, I was typing this while I was playing, and so I was writing it very quickly. I, I, I wasn't trying to call you out. I was just <laughs> letting, letting you know and letting people who are listening know I don't remember 
yeah. which one it is. It's Tubba Blubba. Okay. He, he's, he's fat. He's not Southern. <laughs> In this mansion, um, they kind of introduce these stealth elements. There are these uh, UFO enemies that will kick you out unless you turn invisible yeah. and de-aggro them with uh, Lady Bo. This gets a little indigo prophecy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, they, they, they kick you out, so it's a little you know it's 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 a different version of what happens with Peach. Um, it happened to me at very in- inconvenient times, which bad on me for not using that. But this is where the uh, the stick be, stick being the stand-in. Yeah, yeah, it's not really a problem with the game. It's just the fact that we don't have a, a good digital version of toggling our stealth thing mm-hmm. so it happened to me too i never got caught by the ufos but i got caught by a couple of the enemies mm-hmm. um when i would have rather not because of the controls not cooperating with me yeah yeah um but the stealth kind of goes through this whole area because there are these guards um who are sleeping and there's an npc who reminds you like hey if you tilt the stick you know slightly you're going to move in a very silent way yeah yeah, so this is the stealth level, and it actually works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you eventually kind of make your way to the top of this tower and sneak past Tubba to get into uh, his room where he's sleeping. And this is one of my favorite moments of the game <laughs> because you you were looking for his weakness this whole time, right? Uh-huh. Like you think you're going to find like his his crystal, his seeth crystal. Mm-hmm. And you open the chest, and this little anthropomorphic key comes out <laughs> whose name is Yaki, and he's the talkie key, and he makes likes to make noise. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and he asks you if you're here, and I answered honestly. I don't know what yeah. happens if you lie. <laughs> no, I, I did too, just because I, I just thought it was funny. I knew the game wouldn't hurt me for doing it. Um, <laughs> he's like, hey, everything has an exclamation mark behind it. <laughs> yeah. He's just this excitable little key, you know, and it's such a, you know, you think you're going to actually get the treasure. Um, so this instigates a kind of a chase mm-hmm. sequence. Um, he wakes up uh, Tubba, and Tubba chases you down to the windmill. He cha- well, he chases you like through his mansion, like destroying things as he goes along. Yeah. And like even on the Wii U, I guess this might be more of a product of the emulation. Like the 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 environment destruction caused the frame rate to drop into the single digits for me. Oh no! Yeah, it's like I was like I was really impressed by like these pathways falling apart, but I realized oh this is like just super ambitious for this hardware. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if if there's uh you know when I first played it and mm-hmm. played it on just the Wii if it's a Wii Wii U thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I never played this on Nintendo sixty four, so I don't oh. know if it's if it's related to that. Hmm. But, but yeah, anyway. but yeah like you're, you're just running back across this entire level to this windmill that was locked up, um, down to uh, a pretty cool uh, kind of boss fight sequence because Tubba Blubba isn't invincible because of any kind of like real magic. Uh, the the tub of bubble you've been seeing with this bandage across his chest is actually just a hole that is being controlled by his heart, which is down here. And that is where his, uh, you know, like that separation is what makes him uh, all powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you have to fight his heart first. Mm-hmm. Um, you fight this boss fight and it's kind of a, a shorter, uh, shorter boss fight. Mm-hmm. Um, not that big a deal, but eventually he, you know, you have to chase him out, and then he goes back. He gets swallowed uh, by Tubba, <laughs> and uh, go, you know, they reunite, and he's no longer invincible. Yeah. Um, but all the damage you did to the heart carries over. <laughs> yep. So I took him down in one round. Yep. Um, so you you kill Tubba, and he doesn't want to die. So as an act of contrition, he vomits all the ghost stuff. <laughs> um, which is like what a, what a great image that is. Like just like yep. this monster vomiting hundreds of ghosts out of his mouth 
This is an imaginative game. Ah, uh, so good. And so, like, yeah, he's he's just walking around. He's got his heart, and you know, there, there there's no zone of the Enders like we must kill him so he you know he won't come back and hurt us. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, just go yeah. back and don't make any trouble. And there's like they even make him sympathetic too because Lady Bo says, you know what, we probably scared him too much. He was kind of our favorite target. Yeah, <laughs> but they're not repentant about it either. They're no. just like, we're gonna keep doing it because everything is just like jovially mischievous in this game. It's really great. Um, she summons Bootler uh, to bring back the star spirit, and uh, this is the little um, ninja-looking mm-hmm. uh, star who gives you Star Storm, um, which is uh, your area attacker does seven damage to all enemies, which is pretty significant. Yeah. Um, and uh, lets you know that Star Road is making Bowser stronger, so we have to kind of step up the pace. Yes, we do. And like, it's funny because even he doesn't realize how strong he's getting, so he's yeah. like tapped into this uh, crazy, corrupting, and elemental force. Yes, this Eldrick abomination that is the Star Rod. <laughs> yeah. um, so you get to, uh, you go, there's another Peach interlude, mm-hmm. um, which uh, Bowser catches you. You're yep. sneaking out, and he catches you, and he says, Oh, this is good. Peach is here. She knows Mario more than anything. What does Mario hate? <laughs> um, because you're going to, you know, see the, the, shy bu- the shy guy's toy box with these items, and mm-hmm. you just lie and say, like, Oh, he loves power ups. <laughs> or he hates power ups. Or he hates oh, power ups. Yeah. <laughs> Mushrooms make him so mad. Yeah. And uh, everyone's an idiot, so they go along with it. Yep. Um, and this gets you the the piece of information that's the that's the shy guy's toy box where the next uh, the next one is, um, and that is uh, you know Twink goes out and delivers that, and that's where we're going to begin the next episode. Yeah, with uh, we you know one of my least favorite dungeons of the game. We start off on like a. It's such uh, a bummer. Like it's whiplash, yeah. <laughs> right? Like I yeah. love the boo chapter. Yeah, Ugh. it's not like the game. It's the game's not like shit from here on out, but yeah. I do think it's front loaded. No. Um, which is, you know, which is fine. Yep. Like the, uh, I think that, that that happens a lot of the time, but, um, looking forward to talking about, it. there are a lot of bright spots in the second half of the game as well. Yeah. And, uh, looking forward to talking about them, especially, uh, companion wise. Yeah. Um, you know, you meet a lot of, a lot of great people. Yeah, so um, this is kind of a shorter episode, especially for our JRPG, but it's, it hasn't felt that way as far as playtime either. No. Like I've, I'm just on chapter, I just beat chapter six, and I've been playing a lot. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, you know, this is uh, these games are it's significant for us to get through these. Yeah. So, apologies for this being shorter than normal. If that bothers <laughs> you, do we have any thoughts on the first half of the game, or do we want to save those for a grand wrap up? Let's do a do a grand wrap up. Because every, you know, everything together will be kind of tempered. Like the, the first half of the game, if it just ended with the boo chapter or can, <laughs> you know, maintain that level of quality, yeah. like it would be, you know, God tier watch out for fireballs game as, as opposed mm-hmm. to just like really, really great, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not as is like it for me. It's not up there with like your Silent Hills 2 and your your torments. Yeah. You know, it's really good, though. Yeah. Uh, so, Gary, do you want me to tell them what we're doing next time? Uh, what do, yeah, what are we doing next time? Yeah. So after Paper Mario, so uh, we've got one more episode of Paper Mario, and then we have um, an episode where we're going to read your responses. If you're listening to this, there is still time. Um, uh, not much more time, but check the social media. But after Paper Mario, we are covering Doom 2. Yes, which I'm very excited about and plan to do, because um, Doom is so short. I want to do Doom. I want to fuck around with some wads. Hmm. And if I'm feeling really amb- ambitious, I'm going to take a look at that book. Hmm. That yeah, I've, I've got it. I think that it's uh, like after I drop the ball with uh, the Commander Keen stuff, I, I've already ordered my copy of it. So, hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that is uh, available. It's like on Steam. It just got released on GOG, weirdly enough. 
uh, with yeah. a whole bunch of Bethesda stuff. Uh, it's Windows only, which is a real bummer. Uh, but there is like a uh, like an anniversary edition on PSN and Xbox 360, which is how I'm going to be playing it uh, because yep. I want to use a controller. Um, yeah. Where are we doing after that, Gary? After that, we're doing King of Dragon Pass, which is a one of our most requested games, uh, one that neither Core or I have experience with, mm-hmm. um, but sounds so far up our alley as to be unreasonable. <laughs> um, I don't know about you. We, we haven't really talked about this. Um, I'm going to play it on iOS. I think I'm going to play it on Steam because it's easier for me to take notes like that. Okay. So... We'll have. I think they are slightly different. Um, oh. I've heard that the um, the iOS version is optimized in a lot of ways, but it'll be good to get both experiences. Um, and we we have a precedent of of doing that. Like we don't, you know, we didn't read the book source where we played the the iPhone version. Mm-hmm. Like we'll we'll do an optimized version of a thing. So I think I am going to play the iOS version unless somebody wants to reach out and convince me otherwise. Yeah. Um, but either way, um, that's what we're covering, and I'm really excited about it because I've wanted to play that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. It looks like it's going to scratch a bunch of my itches, both for yeah. the, the choose your own adventure stuff and for like systems optimization stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after King of Dragon Pass, since we do three ahead, uh, we're going to be covering an NES, an, uh, sorry, an NES game called Blaster Master. Yeah, you guys know Blaster Master. Yeah, um, it's a Sunsoft NES game. That's one of the big NES developers we haven't hit. Mm-hmm. yet um not quite in the the konami capcom tier but they did a lot of good work and blaster master is one of the first really successful metroidvania games i would say yeah um you know more more playable and fun than metroid one yeah at the very least yep so i'm excited about this this will be the first time i played it to completion um mm-hmm. so yeah i mean good music in that episode <laughs> yeah um yeah so uh, if you have thoughts on any of those things hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact yeah um, if you want to support the show uh, monetarily, you can go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv and uh, kick us a couple bucks a month there. We're doing great mm-hmm. um, as far as that goes. And it's really, you know, really fun. You get access to a lot of stuff. Um, we just recorded our first uh, Duckfeed Live that was open to the public. Mm-hmm. But um, if you want to, two things, like if you want your questions to have priority during that, um, there's a tier. But also if you just want to participate in the chat. That's going on at the same time, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, we have a Slack channel at a very uh, reasonable dollar amount. So just $2 a month gives you access to that. Mm-hmm. And it's a great place. And everybody there uh, uh, is is, uh, is helping keep it and make it a great place. Yeah. Um, but there's also a bunch of other uh, tiers as well, things you can get, um, all of which are, are a big help to us. If you can't uh, help us financially, um, telling people about the show really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook iTunes reviews, iTunes ratings, Twitter, blogs, things like that are really useful. Yeah. And message boards. So, yeah, all that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you're going to be buying anything on Amazon, you can go to duckfeet.tv slash tip jar. Uh, if you're doing like uh, back to school shopping or whatever, there is an affiliate link from Amazon there that uh, gives you the same Amazon experience, does not cost you anything extra. Um, and we get a kickback from that. And that goes a long way towards like covering the base expenses so that the uh, the Patreon stuff can go towards, you know, kind of like initiatives and things like that. Yeah. And then just finally, uh, head on over to duckfeed.tv forward slash souls of darkness to check out my Kickstarter, which mm-hmm. is still running at the time this comes out. Yeah. So if you want to get a copy of that book, um, you can see the details there. I won't go over it for the, the billionth time <laughs> on podcast, but uh, you can find the details there and I would appreciate your support as well. Yeah. You're really close. I'm I'm so close. Like by the time this comes out, I really hope to, to be there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope to, uh, to have you here next week for the conclusion of the game. Yeah, and uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Fireflowers.
All right, I need to get some water or I'm going to die.